Good morning. Let's go to Second uh, Chronicles 7. And you're thinking, Eddie, that's so 2020. But I promise you, God's speaking a new word. So, Second uh, Chronicles 7, verse 11, it says, When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord peered to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land and send a a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. This is a... uh, Lord started speaking this word to me probably Monday or Tuesday. And, And all week I've been praying about this word and I... I'm like, Lord, this is, I'm not sure exactly how you want me to do this. I don't know what you want to speak totally. I, I get the concept. He's giving me stuff all week. And then, uh, and then yesterday, I'm driving multiple places everywhere I go. Every time I get in a car, somebody's speaking the same thing about prayer. So I'm kind of like, oh, maybe this is a word for now. And one of the guys was speaking it way back when Obama was still president. So I don't know how I heard that message, but I still heard it. And, uh, but it's a word that I believe the Lord's going to have to speak to us. The Holy Spirit's going to have to reveal it to our hearts. And uh, so I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me that the Lord can just speak to us. Father God, I I thank you, Lord, that you love us. I thank you that your temple is with us, Lord, that you live within us, that you gave us your Holy Spirit. And today, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak, Lord that you would get me out of your way, that your words would flow, that our hearts be ready to receive what you have, Lord. And this would be your message, and it would change each of our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in Second Chronicles, Solomon had just finished the temple that David wanted to build. But God said you had too, he had too much war in him, right? He had too much fight in him. And David wasn't allowed to finish that temple. Solomon was a man of peace. It was a peaceful time. So Solomon was blessed with the the opportunity to finish this temple. And God said, I will dwell there. That will be my place. But many of us know that whenever there's peace, there's also comfort. There's also... We can get lackadaisical or whatever the word is, and we can get calm, and we can get to the point to where we're distracted. We're not focused on the Lord as much, and that's where these people were. They weren't quite as focused as they needed to be. During David's time, they were completely dependent on the Lord and David, because that's what happened in the Old Testament. The leader was the one they followed as much as they did God. But, but in Solomon's time, it was peaceful. And us, as as Christians here in America, we've had it pretty good. We've had it very comfortable and relaxing. And 
You know, when you walked into this church this morning, nobody was there trying to stop you from coming in the doors, right? Our pastors haven't been arrested yet. You know, they are in other countries right now, like Canada and Germany and places like that. But here we haven't got to that point yet. We may. But at the moment, it's not. And sometimes that can get us out of focus. That can get us to be... uh, kind of dependent on ourselves and dependent on our everyday life and just going through the motions. And maybe nobody else, but I know it happens to me. And and we do that, right? And then the famous scripture that was always popular but got really popular over the last few years is this, if my people would humble themselves and pray. The part people always go to is the pray part, but they forget the humble part, right? The humbling came before the praying part. They had to realize their need for God. They had to understand they couldn't do it. They had to remember that they're dependent fully on Him. And sometimes I don't know that we truly humble ourselves before we pray. Usually we pray to God as a uh, an afterthought or a, God, I'm not doing very well on this. Help me do better at it instead of saying, God... I'm clueless. I need you. Right? Usually we, we're we asking God to come alongside what we're doing, our efforts. I need your help in what I'm doing. That's not humbling. That's actually pride. That's being so prideful that you say, God, I have this great idea and I'm doing so well, but if you would come in, it would be finished quicker instead of saying, God, whatever you want to do, I'm on board. You're saying, whatever I want to do, you get on board. Or at least that's what I say often when I pray. Like I said, you may be better at it than me, but I don't always humble myself enough before I go into prayer. And am I the only one here that sometimes thinks that this whole prayer thing isn't quite as easy as it should be? And and sometimes you get into prayer and you're trying to pray. I remember Pastor Chad saying he used to go into that prayer room and sometimes it'd take him a half hour to 45 minutes just to be able to get into prayer, right? Most of us give up before we get to that point because we're like, man, nothing's happening. I'm bored. I can be doing this. I can do this needs done. And we do that. And uh, But the prayer part's not as easy as I know that I would like it to be. I would love that my prayer time with God was the most beautiful thing ever. And uh, it wasn't always that way. We know it was sin that caused that. We know for us, sin was so deep, it's so deep in our society that we're not, we're not raised with a thought process of praying. We're not raised with that. It's something you learn after you get saved. It's something you start trying to implement later on in life. And... Uh, Prayer, we know as communication with God. But in order to properly communicate with somebody, there has to be some kind of relationship. Right? Whenever you, if you're married, or if you have best friends, or whatever relationships you have in your life that are mo- mean the most to you, they're people you're really good at communicating with. And usually when something happens in your life, you can't wait to tell them. You can't wait to to share it with them, right? And I I 
shared it the other night in prayer group. Mike does did a great talk one time on the the relationship between man and God and how that reflects in our relationships in life. Right? So like whenever we have a husband and wife, that is a reflection of not only the triune God of a family, but it's also a relationship of God and church, right? And then whenever you have the relationship between church and congregation, that's another form of that. Whenever you have the relationship between uh, a man and a woman, Jesus says, you know, man, love your wife as the church, as I I have loved the church, woman, submit to man as, as, you know, you would to me. Right. And it's that same identity. So in America, what we have now and in the world, we're trying to mess up all these relationships. Right. If you can get the relationships not to be proper. There's a lot of confusion. It's hard to have the thought process of man, God, if in your everyday relationship, you got man, man, or you got woman, woman. Right. Now there's confusion. Well. The Bible no longer makes sense. Relationship no longer makes sense. Everything's out of whack. And we're at that place in America so badly that our relationships, even between a son and a father, oftentimes son and a mother, brothers, sisters, households, there's there's husbands and wives who don't see each other all week long and then expect for their marriages to last. Or they're not communicating. And then they expect for their relationships to last. But... It all starts with that relationship with God. That's how we do this, right? And and it was wonderful yesterday when I turned on the radio and I hear this guy talking and I have no idea who it was. And he shares about this man and this woman who get married. And the guy's like so excited, right? He's They had this beautiful wedding. They're about to go on their honeymoon. It's a two-week honeymoon because they're waiting for their house to be ready whenever they get ready to come back, Right. And the woman, after the the ceremony, says, all right, time to take me home. He said, well, we don't have a home yet. We're going to go on our honeymoon. Afterwards, we'll come home. And she said, no, 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 no. I want to go back to my home where I came from. I want to be with my dad and mom. And she says, he said, well, we're married now. We'll have our own home. She goes, no, 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 we're still married. I still want to stay married, and I still love you. But I don't want to leave that. My mom and dad mean more to me than anything. But I'm still going to spend time with you when we can. And and on weekends and family gatherings, we'll still get together and we'll do everything we always do now. But I'm just not ready to live together yet. Right. And he's speaking of this as in, you know, most of us see how what the problem is there. We're like, that's that's just stupid. Why was she married him in the first place? Right, And we also know that that relationship would never last. But that's the same relationship we have with Jesus. We, we say, Lord, I want to be with you. I want this great relationship with you. I, I want to be the bride of Christ. And I'll go to church on Sunday. And any big event, I'll be a part of that. And I'll talk to you when I have something I need. Like whenever I'm hungry or if I got a bill I can't pay. I'll talk to you, right? But that's not a marriage, and that's not a relationship. That's a dependency. We are dependent on Christ, and we're dependent on God, but it's not a, you know, a relationship's much more. I see so many of you here 
close as husband and wife, and it's so much more. It's not a, I'll talk to you on Sunday, I'll talk to you on Saturday. One of my favorite things is whenever we're in prayer and Ann can't wait to go home and tell her husband everything that happened. Right? I can't wait to tell Ray this. Or I shared this with Ray and he was so excited. You know, and, and she everything she does raises at her thought process. He's not there, but he's in her heart. He's with her. And that's the way our relationship with Jesus should be at all times, right? Sometimes we, we have this relationship all messed up of he's the God in heaven, I'm the Eddie down here. And when I need him, I'll call on him. But a relationship with Jesus is so much more. Prayer is so much more. So, um, so I want to talk about this a little further. Genesis 3.8 says, Then a man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? This is right after they sinned. And God is walking in the garden with them. I mean, they before sin, that was normal. As soon as sin came in, they hid. But they were walking with him. He was fellowshipping with them. I'd imagine it was all day long because Jesus makes it seem like in the New Testament that he misses it. You know, he came down to have that oneness with us, to have that relationship with us, to walk with us. Just like he used to until sin came into the picture. And uh, it's a concept that we have to to get back to, I think, as Christians. Uh, I heard Tony Evans one time talking about uh, names, the importance of names. And if you name it, you're responsible for it. So when you get a dog, you name that dog, you're now responsible for that dog. When you have kids and you name those kids... You're now responsible for those kids. But even a husband, when he gets married, the wife takes his name. He's now responsible for that wife. Right? The problem nowadays, as he would say, was some women don't take the man's name. To which he would tell you, don't marry anybody who would not take your name if you're a man because you're responsible. But if she won't allow you to have that responsibility and take your name, there's going to be conflict. Right. Same thing is, is in our relationship, we take the name of Christ. We call ourselves Christians now. We took the name of Christ. He's now responsible for us. Yet some of us still want that hyphen. I'm Christian slash human. I'm Christian slash man. I'm still me. I'm still the individual. I still need my space. I still need to do the things I've always done. And we won't fully give that naming right over to Christ, and we won't let him have control. It is it's quite the concept, and women don't get mad and say, well, I'm not giving anybody control over me. You're still an individual, but the husband's still responsible. That's where we got out of whack in our country. And uh, something we've talked about in men's group a lot, men need to get back to being more responsible and we need to be, as a nation, allowing God to be more responsible for us instead of taking over. There's our our, our issue. It, uh, Luke 5.16 tells us Jesus himself 
had to withdraw often to pray. He had to get away all the time to talk to his father. And uh, it's that relationship, right? Try being in a relationship and never getting away with your spouse or your friend or whoever and spending time together. How's that relationship going to work out? It's going to be a miserable relationship. We all know couples who live together, call themselves married, but don't spend time together and they're miserable. And you're like, well, when was the last time you guys had a date night? Oh, we don't do that. Oh, you guys ever just sit down and talk? Oh, no, we're too busy. And you know that marriage is destined for divorce because the effort wasn't put into it. The relationship wasn't healthy. There was no connection. Same thing with our walk with Christ. There should be an effort. We should schedule date nights with Jesus. Right? Jesus, tonight I'm going to pray at this time period. Jesus, I want to get away and spend time with you at this period of time. Nothing will get in the way with that of that. Right? But usually what we do is we plan our day out, and then at the end of the day, if we have time, we say, hey, I think I'm going to try to pray now. But your mind ain't even ready for it because you're drained from all the other stuff that got in your way of the day, and you're just trying to give Jesus what's left over. Right? But that's not what he wanted. Jesus got away often. He had a plan of action. He had to pray. How would he have knew what his father's business was if he didn't speak to him? How would we know what God wants to do or what he is doing if we don't speak to him? Right? It's important. But spouses are not only married whenever they make date night, right? They're married at all times. A, a, a husband should have his wife on his heart at all times. A wife should have her husband on her heart at all times. Never is there a, a time you, you're like, oh, I forgot I was married. Oh. Uh-oh. There we go. But yeah, never do you, do you have a couple who try to live their life never, well, a healthy couple who are not trying to live a life knowing that they're based on each other, that their lives are connected, that they're intertwined. And uh, and that, that, I'm going to skip to this scripture real quick here in a minute if I know where I put it. And that, that goes along with the, uh, First Thessalonians 5 scripture where it says rejoice always, pray continually, which means pray without cease, give thanks to in all circumstances for the God for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and that's telling us to pray continuously constantly, never stop praying and any time in youth group that I ever brought that up, kids were like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of you can't sit around and just pray all the time how would you get anything done? And they're right, you can't sit around and pray all the time, but as you are in a relationship, God's always on your heart. We should be walking through our day with Jesus on our heart and our thoughts, our mind, you know, just like any other relationship, right? Whenever I have a good day, I should be like, oh, Lord, can you see what's happening here? This is amazing. I appreciate it. I should be talking with him all day long. 
not being not stopping and having to pray and, and have that date night prayer with him, but being a continue fe- continuous fellowship with him. Right? Whenever things are hard, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. God, I'm gonna need you. Right? My grandma used to, when I'd spend the night over her house as a little kid, I would go to bed and my grandma would be talking to Jesus in the kitchen. She'd just be sitting there talking to Jesus, and we thought, man, this lady's nuts. Like, Jesus ain't even there. And then we'd wake up in the morning, and she'd be talking to Jesus in the kitchen. Right? We used to think she stayed up all night just talking to Jesus, and we thought, man, this lady's crazy. We'd laugh about it. But she never stopped talking to Jesus. She would praise him. She would sing hymns in, the, in her house. She would read her Bible during the day. She was taking all the time... She was in fellowship with Jesus. And a lot of people thought she was crazy, including me, until I got older and I realized, wow, she got it. She figured it out. That that relationship was more important than even her marriage. That relationship was more important than even the one with her kids and her grandkids. Jesus was a part of all those relationships. You couldn't go into her house without hearing about the Lord. Right? My grandma was a type of person who... uh which I didn't plan on sharing this, but it's a it's one of my favorite stories about my grandma. I walk over to her house, or I pull up to her house one day, and she's already a little older. And I walk up to her steps, and I realize there's a cop car outside. And as I go up the steps, I'm about to knock on the door. A police officer comes walking out as I'm walking in. And you would think that he was one of her kids or grandkids or something, because you can just see there's this admiration that he has for this lady, right? And I walk into the house, and I'm like, Grandma, what's going on? Everything all right? And she says, I think so. I was like, well, you just had a police officer leave. She goes, yeah, I'm not sure why he was here. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, didn't he tell you? She goes, I don't know. He knocked on the door, and I opened the door, and immediately I began telling him that I know he's been doing wrong. Immediately, I started speaking about him meeting with some lady over across the road. And I don't even know why he was here, but I just sat there and I shared the gospel with him and told him about Jesus and how the way he was living was not right. And he sat there for about an hour listening to me. And then whenever it was done, he gave me a hug and said thank you and walked out. That is continuous prayer. That is being led by the Lord. That's having a relationship with God to where he can use you in any circumstance. I After that, I so badly wanted to meet that guy and ask him what what that was about. You know, what was going on? What were you even there for? She still don't have a clue. Well, she probably does now because she's in heaven. But she had no clue. She was just in such a fellowship with the Lord, he was able to use her in ways that I don't know that we're always able to be used because... We let things distract our fellowship, right? But I still want to know what that is. Okay, so how do we get to that point? Right? That's, if we could pray continuously, if we could pray, be in fellowship with Christ at all times, we would probably be there. Wouldn't you think? Like most of us, we'd like, yeah, I'd, I would never stop. I've tried, and I fall short daily. So Luke 11 says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray 
just as John taught his disciples. I find that very interesting. They've watched John pray. They watched John's disciples pray. Some of his disciples were John's disciples. They've seen Jesus pray. Yet they understood there was something missing. There was something different that he was doing that they were not. And I find that interesting because I'm sure they prayed. I'm sure they knew all the Old Testament prayers that, that were going on. I sure, I'm sure they knew a lot. But for some reason, this is all the way in verse 11 or chapter 11. And they're saying, Lord, we need you to teach us how to pray. And I often have to say, God, I need to know how to pray. We actually open up our prayer nights with, Lord, show us how to pray because we're stupid without you. We don't know what to pray. And it's true. If you think you know what tomorrow brings, I'll ask you tomorrow and see if it happened. You're probably going to be wrong. You may know a little, but you don't know a lot. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. And I always love that part. Because it goes back to recognizing who you're talking to. Right? It's, I go back to the husband and wife thing. Women, you know that when you talk to your husband, you know if he's paying attention or not. You know that when he's talking to you, if he's actually communicating with you or if he's talking at you, you know it. Women, Notice these things. Men, we just think women talk. Right? Both are bad ways to communicate. Which makes it a bad way to communicate with God. When we sit down with God, we should recognize who we're talking to. We should recognize the relationship. We should recognize the authority. But oftentimes we pray and we just, we just pray to be praying. This is why you hear people sometimes say non-believers don't know how to pray because they don't. They're not, they don't even recognize who they're praying to. When people say, I pray all the time, but I just I don't feel nothing. And I'm like, well, you don't even follow Jesus Christ. Who are you praying to? Well, I believe. I'm like, yeah, you may believe, but you're not following Jesus Christ. Who are you talking to? They're like, well, I'm talking to God. No, you're, you're trying to talk to God, but you're not talking through Jesus Christ. Our... our our audience with God is only through Jesus Christ. And so we have to have that relationship. We need the Holy Spirit to show us these things, right? We have to understand this. We've got we to gotta get that whole concept. And without salvation, we don't even have the, the possibility. And he goes on to say, hallowed be your name. You know, he's pointing out how sacred, how wonderful, how set apart God is, Right? Your kingdom come. He, he's focusing more on the big picture. Your kingdom. Focusing on, okay, this is, we got stuff here, but your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide for us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, right? Now, a lot of people pray this same prayer over and over. All the time. But that wasn't what he was saying. He said, pray like this, not pray this. When you pray this, it becomes ritual. It becomes an everyday, like, I'm just going to pray this and mail it home. It'd be different if you were praying it and you meant it. But usually that's not the way it works, right? But he's just telling us, 
it always starts out by identifying who you're talking to and getting the big picture of his kingdom matters first. Kind of humbling ourselves. Lord, whatever you have. Lord, it's you. Right? Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. In other words, you keep going, that guy's going to give you his bread just to get his kids back to bed. Right? Any, any mother here knows that if somebody's bugging them and they wake up the kids, they'll give them anything they can to shut up so they can get those kids back to sleep. And that's what he's saying. If we go to the Lord in prayer and we're, we're consistent in prayer and we're always in prayer, God answers prayer. When we pray the way he says, when we're, we're looking for kingdom things, he will answer. Now, sometimes you're going to sit down and you're going to pray once, maybe twice, and you're not getting an answer, and God's like, let's see how diligent you are in this, and let's see how serious you are, right? Sometimes we're not very serious, and we forget within a week of what we were praying last week. Trust me, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was praying for that, and I forgot. It's not very diligent, right? There's no audacity in that. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, right there. Luke eleven nine, Because it tells me that if I ask, God will give it to me. If I seek, I will find. And if I knock, the door will be opened to me. That is the things of God. That's not like, man, I'd like to have a new car. It's not a... Name it, claim it thing, right? It's a, I am a Christian. And Lord, I want you to provide. Lord, I want the things you have. Lord, I want to know you more. The problem with people who struggle with their walk with Christ is they're not seeking. They're not asking. They're not knocking. If we do those things, you'll find Christ in the heartbeat. Usually I love I love sitting down with somebody who's either struggling with their faith or trying to figure out where God is, who God is, trying to figure out what they believe. Because this scripture right here tells them everything they got to do to know who Jesus is. You seek. Ask him. Lord, show me who you are. Lord, show me what I need to do. I don't know. I need to know how to pray just like they did. Lord, I need to know how to pray. Right? And you start seeking the Lord in it, just like the friend did. You seek and you seek and you seek, and the Lord will reveal himself to you, right? You knock and you say, hey, Lord. He's using the same example as what he was with the friend up top. But sometimes we stop asking. Sometimes we stop seeking the Lord. Sometimes we're like, I've been doing this a long time. I've got to figure it out. And the moment you stop seeking the Lord, your relationship begins to divide. The moment that a husband stops pursuing his wife is when a relationship starts to divide. 
and vice versa, right? I'm going to start in 1 Timothy 1 and go into 1 Timothy 2, but 1 Timothy 1, verse 18, I want to lay this out so we understand where he's going to in 2, but it says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling that them you may fight with a battle fight the battle well holding on to faith and good conscience which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to faith so he's talking about staying consistent continuing to pursue stand fast steadfast if you don't you'll be like others and you're going to be shipwrecked you're going to fall apart you're going to start wondering where God is, right? Among them are Hermines and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Then you go into chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, First of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. All people, even our president. How many of you guys, if you're being honest, can turn on the TV and our president come on TV and you're immediately distracted? Am I right? Or some other politician who is on the other side, you're immediately distracted. What about when you're at work and the person you don't like comes walking in and you're immediately distracted? You're like, ah, I was hoping to go all day without seeing that person. Right? Or your boss comes in and you got to change everything, right? And we go through everyday life distracted by things because either we don't want to be a part of it or we don't like it or we're upset about it. There's always something that keeps us from staying focused, causes shipwreck. If Unless you've been living under a rock over the last couple of years, politics have divided us. Uh, everyday life has divided us. Even... Things like coronavirus have divided us because we've allowed ourselves to get distracted. We forget that we're to pray for all that stuff. It should be covered in prayer, every last bit of it. You can hate me, but guess what? You still got to pray for me. You still have to do it. And I promise you, when you start praying for those things, your heart starts loosening up. That anger starts going away. The, the control those things have over your life start fading away. And then you start getting this, this desire to pray for people. You start getting this love for people. You start getting this burden for people, right? When I pray for our president, I pray that God would grab his heart. Not to say I still don't struggle with it, but I pray God would grab his heart, and I want to see that man saved. I would love that that man gets on TV and he tells his testimony about how God saved him. 
there's nothing that would be better to me than that. And that should be our heart for everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. So this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Our desire is all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I want you to think about your prayers just over the last week, if you have some. Some of us may not. I'm not going to ask you to tell me. Think about your prayers over the last week, and is it more about salvation and people and helping them and them knowing the Lord, or is it more about yourself, about things you want to see happen? Is it more of a selfish thought process? Is it humbled? Are are you going in more with pride of God, this is what I want, this is what I want to see? Or do we go in humbled and we say, Lord, I want to see you just move. I want your kingdom here. I want to see people saved. Lord, I love this person, and I don't think they know you. How do we get there, right? And then tomorrow, do you wake up and you do it again? Lord, how are we going to do this? This person needs you. If we're being honest with ourselves, do our prayers look more like that, or do they look more of the, maybe there's a little pride in them. And I never even noticed that there was pride in them. But I'm asking God to do my will instead of his. I'm asking God to do the things that that I need done or I'd like to see done more than soul saved, a friend saved. How can I change, Lord, to be a better representation of you? Right? Our our prayers should be of that way, you know. Like I said, I want to one day sit down after a police officer leaves my house and I'm thinking like, why did I just do that? Why did I just speak all this stuff of God to them? And I don't know what they did. I want to live a life like that. I want to live a life so devoted to Christ and a relationship so much with the Lord that that my pride's out of the way and God can just speak. And he would show me how to do that, right? I want to walk in that kind of prayer. I want to walk so much into prayer that oftentimes I don't even understand what's going on, but God's still doing something, right? And Colossians 4, and and worship team can come up. I guess Richard's the only one in here, so he'll take care of us. (laughs) Uh, Colossians 4, 2 says, Continually, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And that means being steadfast and paying attention and continuing. That means sticking with prayer all the time. And I go back to what the the disciples who were with Jesus at all times said and asked, was Lord, show me how to pray. How often do we stop and say that? Lord, show us how to pray. Lord, show me how to pray today. Show me how to pray. Teach me. I'd imagine whenever they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray as John's John taught his disciples how to pray. I imagine Jesus is kind of smirking a little bit and like, I think my prayer is a little better than his. That's all I'm thinking. Like, they're asking the right person. And I don't know if we always ask the right person. Right? But we need to pray in that way. We should be continuously praying. We should have that kind of relationship like a husband and a wife who text each other all day long saying, Wow, I just saw this. How about this? Hey, how are you doing today, right? Our relationship should be like that with Jesus. Our prayer life should be like that. And our prayer life 
just to cover this before they get started here. Prayer is not us talking to Jesus. When you sit down and you're praying, if you're talking more than you're listening, you're not a very good communicator. You're a talker. You're talking at Him instead of communicating with Him. And there's a big difference. That's why Scripture, James says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Right? Always like uh, Rod always said, you got two ears and one mouth. That means you should be listening twice as much as you're speaking. Now, I don't know that he ever did that. Because <laughs> he could talk as much as I can. But when we're in prayer, it doesn't mean we're always speaking. We should actually be listening. When you walk in somewhere, God should be speaking. You should be hearing. Whenever I'm at home and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out, man, I wonder what's on TV. I should be listening. Maybe God's telling me, I don't want you to turn on that TV. This is our date night. I want to spend time with you. But if I'm always speaking in my prayer time, it leaves very little for God. And I fell at this. Several years ago, I'm driving over the bridge and I'm talking to God. And I'm just like, Lord, why are you not doing anything? Why am I not hearing you? And I'm just talking to the Lord over the bridge. He said, would you shut up for a minute? And I was like, oh. He said, now I can talk. Right? I'm asking God to speak. I'm asking God to do something. And the whole time I'm talking and he can't talk. But sometimes we just need to shut up and listen. So I'm going to pray. Keeping you shut down. I'm turn down the lights. I'm going to pray for us. But if we worship, it'd be a good time for us to shut up and listen, right? Ask the Lord to listen, to speak to us, to teach us to pray, and then we can just listen. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you loved us so much, Lord, that even though... though, Lord, sin has kept us distracted from you, Lord. Life keeps us distracted from you, Lord. Our pride gets in the way of our prayers, Lord. You still love us so much. You died to have that right relationship with us. You gave us your Holy Spirit, Lord. Father God, I pray today, Lord, that you would show us how to pray. That you would teach us to pray. As we're in here today, God, I pray you would just speak to us. That we recognize who we're in fellowship with. We recognize that relationship that we got only because of you. Father God, speak to us today. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. the Lord showing me a kid that's growing up and uh, you know when a kid's little their dads are superheroes and the mom's the most beautiful person in the world and then as they get a little older you know they start seeing things a little different and they start realizing 
the world sees things differently and they start getting a little more independent and and then they're embarrassed to even be seen it's like with their parents dropping them off at school or at the mall or they run their fam- into their friends and they gotta go hide real quick you know and they st- start being a little bit ashamed of who their parents are but then they get older and a little older and a little older and there comes a point they grow up and they mature and they realize just how amazing their parents are right they start thinking like man I'm glad I have my parents like without them I don't know what I would do but there's that point in between being heroes and appreciation that there's a shame. And it, uh, I think sometimes we get that way with God that when we go to work or we're out in public and God's trying to speak to us or wanting to say something, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want my friends to see you right now. You need to stay over there. Right? We start getting a little bit ashamed. And, uh, I hope God's always our hero and I hope we're always proud of him and I hope we always want to show everybody who he is. And I hope we pray every day that we would never be ashamed. Because he said any time that we're ashamed of him, he would be ashamed of us in front of his father and I would hate that moment. So I'm going to close this in prayer and uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you all. Father God, I thank you, Lord. You are so amazing. Father, you're the greatest Father. You're our hero. We love you. We're proud of you. Lord, I pray as we go throughout our day today and and throughout our week, Lord, that you you would remind us over and over how amazing you are. Lord, that we would just share you with everybody. We'd point out how awesome our God is. Or just like a little boy says, my dad can beat up your dad. Lord, let us just tell people how amazing our God is. Our God is better than your God. Our God can take care of it all. Let us brag about you, Lord. Let us be proud of you. Let us let us be in such fellowship with you, Lord that people will see you everywhere we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.